1: This
2: is Maxime from the future, here to give you a breakdown of this week's Warriors Huddle. After some introductions and discussion with Bonte about our current record, we jump into an analysis of some viable trades. That starts at around the 9 minute mark. And then, just before minute 38, we bring Bonte into our latest segment, Meet the Press, where we get a couple more great, uh, life bloopers, if you will. So skip around or enjoy from start to finish, but whatever you do, thanks for listening, and go Dubs!
3: We're going
4: to bring y'all to our huddle. You are in the Warriors' huddle with me, Bram. Joining me per usual after a one-week hiatus, my producer, Marcus.
5: What's up, Dev
3: Nation?
4: And our master of all things sound, Maxime. How's it going? And after far too long, I mean, like, legitimately far too long, the host of Bonte Stein and Guru on 95.7 The Game, an expert on all things Bay Area sports and a longtime friend of this show who beat me in a bet we made during his last appearance, probably doesn't remember it, and now I'm supposed to call him champ, Mr. Bonte Hill. Bonte, what's going on, man?
3: Hey, first of all, I remember every time I win a game, all right? Win a bet, doesn't matter, especially against you, Bram. So <laughs> I do remember it. I schooled you on something, like always. Yes, yeah, I mean, like something. I bet I've won on this damn show. I okay. mean, come on. I mean, all I do is win, win, win on uh, the Warriors huddle pod. So, I mean, let's get that straight. And okay, by the way, boys. happy new year, That's
4: why I don't talk. <laughs> happy New Year, happy holidays. It's great to see you. Marcus Maxim, we just saw what makes Bonte a radio expert and veteran. You check out that vocal inflection. There's no, he doesn't remember what he beat me in. Man, but the way he said that made us all feel like he knew exactly what it was, just in case you don't, <laughs> Bonte. Last time we had you on, you and I bet about which one of us had a higher percentage as far as our predictions last year. Um, and we bet, you know, whoever it was who had the higher percentage, the other one was supposed to call the, uh, the the winner champ from here on out. So, two things. One, you won. And from here on out, I'm supposed to call you champ. Two, Bonte, I'm not going to call you champ. I just can't do it. I got all ready for it, but I'm just, I'm not going to pay out. And I apologize in advance.
3: So, so basically, you're not going to pay the debt. <laughs> that's... I, and that's basically what you're telling me. You're just basically going to pull a Debo off me and just say, you know what? I know I lost the bet, but I'm still not going to call you champ because I don't want to. That's, okay. that's, that's ballsy, man. No, you know that's what? Ballsy. You talk me into Coward it. i f- year old podcast, <laughs> man. It's unbelievable. <laughs> uh, like I said,
4: you talk me into it. F yourself, champ. There you go. We've got it out of the way uh we haven't talked to you since media day and the main thing man we got all these trades that the three of us have researched that we need your opinion on and you know jokes aside you know, I, there's a reason you beat me in the bet your opinion meets a lot and we need it on these trades but before we get there i need your sense of how this year is going man because the last time we spoke to one another you were going through media day the year hadn't taken kind of the derailing turn it's taken since um so let me start Right here. How you doing? You know, how's this Warrior season treating you?
3: Oh man, you know what, man? I mean, the Forty ers have created such a diversion because it's been a long year. It has been a long year. I mean, nine and thirty-three. You see the recent losing streak, nine games in a row. Watching against the Mavericks up close and personal. It's just tough. It's tough because you know they just don't have the talent to compete. And you could call us entitled. You could call us spoiled about five straight finals appearances, but there's no way around it. No Steph Curry, no Klay Thompson. j has been in and out of the lineup. Uh, D-Lo, D'Angelo Russell, I mean, he's been in and out of the lineup. If you've seen a rookie slump at Jordan Poole, uh, Pascal's kind of going through a spell right now with Slump. Uh, Smiley Geach we're excited about. It's just been tough, man. It's it, it, You know, it's tough to continue to remind yourself that, hey, Curry and Klay will be back to have a top pick. They're going to have a trade exception, $17 million trade exception. Iguodala's probably coming back. And then you have the mid-level exception. It's hard to continue to remind yourself that good days or good times are are ahead for the Warriors. So um, it's a long way to go, man. But it's been – I'm not going to lie to you guys, man. It's been tough. Thankfully, all the Warrior fans out there, we're kind of used to this, right? I mean, this is the normal. This is the norm for Warrior fans. Uh, The norm is winning 20 games. The norm is winning 25 games what's happened over the last five to eight years, all these playoff appearances and five straight finals runs. I mean, that's, that's abnormal for us out here today Area <laughs> when it comes to pro hoops. So, uh, I mean, we'll take a pass here. I think everybody's exhausted, right? With the five straight finals and with the way Katie left and with all that noise that surrounded Kevin Durant, I think everybody kind of needed a mental break and it's good to see the young players play. It's good to see Bob Myers try to evaluate this young talent and to get a top pick and have some flexibility. I really think the Warriors are going to be players this offseason. And one thing we know is that Chase Center is not a bad arena. It's going to be pretty lively uh, when they have a good club in there. So uh, there's some positives here. But good thing we've braced ourselves for this uh, throughout our childhood, right?
4: You couldn't be more right, Bonte. The last five years have been like a fever dream. And because of that, what we've gotten really good at as Warrior fans is finding the diamonds in the ashtray, right? And then you've pointed a bunch of them out, Smiley being our uh, our our best example right now. But let me throw this out to the group at large. And I want an honest answer, boys. And let's have a a backdrop first. We're all Warrior fans. We all want them to win another championship. Everybody's rooting for the franchise, all right? But here's my question. On a game by game basis, now that we're looking for a lottery pick and it might be better for the team for them to have more losses than wins, are you hoping they win every game or lose every game as you're watching? Whoever wants to answer it first, go ahead. I'm
5: hoping that they lose more games than they win. I don't want them to lose every game because I think that will be a little too damaging to the psyche. And, you know, you want to get some wins here and there just to feel good about the progress but i want to make sure that we lose enough that we have we fall into that top our lower three range of getting the top one pick so um i think we have a healthy amount of losing but not to the point where it, it disrupts any of the confidence that we can have going into next year with the
4: younger players these guys don't seem to be affected by the losses at all, but I know exactly <laughs> what you mean. You know, I mean, they seem to just kind of be like bounding right. through this losing season, having the time of their life. Um, if I'm being totally so if you asked me this question three days ago, I would tell you wins. Uh, they, they'll lose on their own. They'll, they'll get enough losses just by lack of talent. So during each game, I'm still hoping they win and the losses will take care of themselves. Last night, Atlanta, the team that they're fighting with, right, for the lowest uh, record in the league, law, or won a game. They beat Phoenix. And the second that I saw that score and I started re-watching the Warriors-Dallas game, I was absolutely hoping that the Warriors lost. I mean, if I'm being honest about it, there's no question I wanted the loss. So I think I'm hoping for the tank at
3: this point. I mean, I'm all about team tank right now. I mean, I, look, I, when you're watching the game live, you want to win, right? It's your natural... In and inclination to root for this team to win and have success. But, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it's like in the NBA, there's no gray area. It's either you're really good or you're really bad. That's how you get better in the NBA. Like, if you're an 18, a 19, it, it stinks because you're out of a lottery. You're going to get bounced in the first round. What are you really doing? I remember the Hawks, all those years in the 90s and 2000s, they were that team. It was like, okay, you know they're not going to play for a championship, but they're going to squeak into the playoffs. What good does that do you? You end up dropping 18th, 19th, and it's a project in the first round. And more times than not in the NBA, a lot of those projects and those teams, uh, you'll, you'll find a diamond in the rough here or there. But for the most part, you're not going to find that bona fide superstar, right. uh, that lottery pick. So, you're getting uh, Michael and Petrus like, over, over again. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? You're getting like John Collins from the New York – John Thompson, uh, Thomas in New York <laughs> – John Wallace, excuse me. Uh, yeah, what right. What I'm yeah,
4: exactly. The, the guy from Syracuse. Back in the day.
3: Yeah, yeah. Right, you're getting, you're getting like a 3 or 4 who – can he shoot the three? Is he big enough? So, uh, having that lottery picking it's going to be enticing for some teams, especially teams that are looking for guards. You know, this is a guard-heavy draft, and the Warriors don't need any guards. So, they should have pretty, plenty of suitors when it comes to this top five pick. So, you know, in long-term, you want them to lose. But when you're watching them in that moment, it's tough to be like, ah, oh, I want this team to lose. You know what I'm saying? You want them to win. You want them to get some confidence because, man, like nine straight losses, and they're not even competitive in half of these damn losses. It's embarrassing. So, you know, the whole team tank, and I'm part of team tank.
4: Well, let me whisk us away from this kind of depressing portion of the talk. Let's start talking about how this team can turn it around. And good news, I've already teased a little bit. We are going to do a new segment called Who Says No? So, Bonte. Maxime, Marcus, and I have spent the last week hitting ESPN's trade machine hard. And what we're trying to do is figure out trades the Warriors can make right now. I mean, I'm mean, i talking about today, before the February 6th uh, deadline that's coming up. We know, you know there's different options after the Warriors get out of the hard cap, and we'll talk all about those options after that's happened. But these moves right now are things that can happen you know, in the next five minutes if the team's agreed on it. And here's the format. I'm going to give you a player. Uh, whoever of the three of us did the research is going to give you the trade. And then we're all going to take turns answering two questions. One, if it was up to us and we ran the Warriors, would we do that trade? Two, do we think the teams would actually be interested in it? Let me give you the first player, man. And it's a guy I'm excited for Carl Anthony Towns, 24 year old, all world center. He's in the first year of a five year, $190 million contract. From what I can tell, I mean, he's, he's been missing about a month uh, due to a, a left knee strain recently, but that might have more to do with him not being so happy with the team. So there's no real health concerns with this guy. Hell of a player fits right in to the Warriors offense and would be a rim stopper uh, on the defensive end. And here's the trade I came up with. So. The ESPN trade machine lets me do D'Angelo straight up for Carl Anthony Towns. That works under the cap. But there's no way Minnesota's wow. going to do that, right? I mean, that, that, I know that Minnesota wants to pair Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo, not trade him for it. So instead of offering that, what I'm going to put in front of you boys is what I feel to be a godfather offer. D'Angelo Russell, Eric Pascal, Smiley Jeech, and the first rounder for Carl Anthony Towns. Monte, start us off. Two questions. Would you do that if you were the Warriors? And the next question is, would the teams do that?
3: Yes and no. <laughs> From the Warriors, <laughs> i do that right away. Uh, no disrespect to Pascal. I'm sure he's going to be a fine pro, as well as Smiley Geach. I love his upside. I love watching him play in d You know what? It's been real. But uh, for Carl Lankton, like Towns challenged a pair with the Splash Brothers with Draymond Green. That is a no-brainer. Plus that first-round pick. First-round pick? Hell, I like can get two first-round picks. Carl, Anthony <laughs> Towns. Bring them over here. Now, will Minnesota do it? Absolutely not. They're not fools. Uh, I, I, hope, I don't think they're fools. You know what I'm saying? I don't think they do that. They laugh in Bob Myers' face and be like, please, uh, we, we wouldn't do that. you have to give us at like least, you know, Draymond, D'Lo, Pascal, and Smiley-Kings, plus a couple picks. So, uh, if I'm the Warriors, yes, i do it. But will the T-Wolves do it? Absolutely not.
4: I got the exact same analysis. I do it in a heartbeat. If so, if I'm Bob Myers and they called me before they like after they said Carl Anthony Towns, I'm saying yes. I'm not even letting them finish the offer. Like whatever it is, absolutely. But I, yeah, I don't think there's any way this happens unless there is something going on behind the scenes with Cat. You know, and then there's no reason to think that. But if right now he's showing up to practice every day with a Minnesota shirt on, you know, and like is like punching the coach in the (laughs) face, we're just not hearing about it. And they're desperate to reset. Then I think that offers better than anything else that they can field. But there's no reason to think that'll actually uh, go down MT, What do you think, man?
5: I don't do it. Um, What? I I understand. Yeah, I understand Kat's skill set, Carl's skill set. And I understand how he could be a good fit with the Warriors. But I question whether or not he wants it enough and if he's hungry enough and if his pedigree in those big moments is up to where Steph Clay and Draymond would demand it to be. There's a reason why Jimmy Butler left and why he talked all that shit about the teammates there. Was it partly of Wiggins too? Probably, but I think... Carl Anthony Towns had a healthy part of that and I just I wouldn't want to mortgage so much of our depth in having going back to strength in numbers what made us successful in the first place to get a player who is a little injury prone and I'm just not sold on has the heart to be a champion I hope I've proven wrong and you know like he's super super skilled but you know like A few years ago, people were saying, would you start a team around Carl Anthony Towns or Anthony Davis? And all the GMs said Carl Anthony Towns. And then he just disappeared the last two to three seasons from that answer. So I think there's a reason because of that. I think there's a reason why there's not a lot of buzz around him, even though it sounds like he's not happy there. So. I just I wouldn't do it. I think there's other offers out there, and the number one pick, I, I think we're going to get the number one picks. So I think it's going to bounce our way. I think that's just too much to give up for a player of Cat's
4: cat caliber. <laughs> I'd like to celebrate a historic moment, more specifically, the first time that Marcus disagreed with Bonte on the show. <laughs> it finally happened, ladies and gentlemen.
3: That I mean, like I, whether
4: or not I agree with the analysis, I just like that there's a little turmoil between
3: you two. <laughs> oh man, I think it's turmoil because Marcus knows he's completely wrong. If that trade was offered <laughs> on the table right now, sure. You got Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. Then Clay Thompson, they'll they'll bring in Carol Carl at like any child You're like, all right, man, this this is how you be a pro. Come on over to this culture, get out of Minnesota. You're not gonna be a punk anymore. How can you be a punk around Draymond Green? Marcus knows he's wrong. He's wanted to do that for Brand. This it's 2020, man. He wanted to make you feel good,
4: Brent. Don't you take that away from me, Bonte. Although, and this pains me, I'm going to have to side with Bonte and only to say this. MT, your shots at Cat aren't unfounded, right? I mean, we, we've heard those whispers before. No, no doubt. You know, but no doubt. to back you, Bonte, there's no reason to believe that D'Angelo, that Pascal, that Smiley Gideach, or anyone they got in the first round would be any more of a killer than Carl Anthony Towns is. And we'd, we'd he certainly has more talent than any of those guys I just named. So if I had to bank on this culture, turning somebody around, either that list of people I just gave you or Carl Anthony Towns, I'm going on on Cat's talent. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm willing to take right. that chance on him. Um, answer the second question, MT. Do you think the teams would do it?
3: Yeah, absolutely.
4: Both you I mean, think? I, you he know, sort I, of know, says I, yes.
5: Oh, no, 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 I think the Warriors do it in a yeah. heartbeat to you and Bondi's point. I don't think Minnesota does it. Um, you know, you're, the players wanting to play with each other is a real thing, and it's a factor that teams have to consider now because players are exercising their power in a way that forces, you know, their their locations a little bit more. So, you know, the fact that, D'Lo and Carl Anthony Towns and Devin Booker have gone out and said, we will play together. We want to do that. You know, I think it means something. And I think trading one for the other would just, you know, it just doesn't sit right. Um, I think the Warriors do it for the talent factor. Right. But, well, and um, I don't the, think Minnesota
4: does it. <laughs> the pressure they would put on defenses. I mean, the it would be really close to the pressure they used to put on defenses with Kevin Durant, just because he, you know, right now Cat's actually playing behind the three-point line because Saunders wants him to run fast. But before that, he was also a back-to-the-basket guy. And if you added a real low-post threat with the Splash Brothers, I'm, you know, I'm not sure how they would deal with that pick-your-poison scenario. Um, yeah. Maxime, I want your take, but I'm going to direct it at another player. And this is one. um, that has been floating around the social media sphere. So let's get it from you. Let me first announce the player, and then, Maxime, let's hear your trade from him. The guy whose name I want to talk about is Ben Simmons, 23-year-old point guard, 6'10", 240, which is just a trip. I, I looked up Kevin Love. We're not going to talk about him, but the reason I bring him up is Kevin Love is the same height and only 19 pounds heavier than Ben Simmons, and we view Kevin Love as kind of a big. Anyways, uh, Ben Simmons on the last year of his rookie deal, he's only making about $8 million a year now, but obviously that's going to change. What's your suggested trade, Maxime?
2: I basically, I say straight up, D'Angelo Russell for Ben Simmons, but I the Sixers probably wouldn't take that flat out. So I'm also saying that we at least tossed in our first round pick for this upcoming draft. And the way I feel about it is, you know, by and large like Bonte said, it's a guard-heavy draft. Um, and then they're also talking about James Wiseman being up at the top. I'm just not that in on centers being picked in the lottery. So I'm not really feeling it. I don't, I don't think that we're going to get much out of that. I think Ben Simmons is a way more proven player. I think he brings a lot of effort on defense. You know, To me, there's some concern about about his fit with Draymond uh, and how they operate. But, I mean, his, his vision with the ability of Steph and Clay to space the floor, that's some all-star level stuff, uh, quite obviously. Um, And just just so we're all clear on on some minutia, um, in case anybody actually tries to put this into the ESPN trade machine, there's this weird thing with the poison pill um, provision because he signed an extension last year. Um, so I, I think that the, the math actually does work even before the trade deadline because even though he's only making eight right now, the way the CBA works is that they average out his salary over the next few years. So it actually does basically equate to um, D'Angelo Russell's.
4: Bonte, just so that you can follow along with the bouncing ball here, this is kind of a fuck you to me and here's what I mean. So we've been texting about these, right? We've been going back and forth about the trades and uh, we no, I got this player, I got this player. And Maxime said, I got one for Simmons. We asked him who it was and he told us D'Angelo straight up for Simmons. And I immediately shot him a screenshot of the ESPN trade machine saying this trade has failed. And he has since done this research to <laughs> shove up my ass collectively. So we have the trade down there and the reason you can do it. What do you think, man? Would you do it? Bonte, would you would you make this trade?
3: So you're saying D'Lo for Ben Simmons plus the Warriors number one pick. So D'Lo number one pick for Ben Simmons. Let me get this right. That's right oh, I'm doing it in 2.5 seconds because of the defensive possibilities you're going to have with Draymond Green and Ben Simmons. And even if you say Draymond Green is worn out or he's had a lot of wear tear in his body, he's never going to be the same player that we saw during a five-year finals run, that's okay because Ben Simmons is 6'10". He can't handle the rock. And I envision Ben Simmons running a fast break with Clay on one side of the court, Steph coming down the other wing. Oh, my Lord, the bomb's away. I mean, and Ben Simmons is a special talent. I know he needs to work on his shooting. He needs to develop confidence in his shooting. But being around the Splash Brothers, how would how would they not impart wisdom into his shot making ability? All right, Ben, you got this, baby. Come, just shoot. Get in the shooting competition with us. We got you. I mean, I would do that in a heartbeat. Because here's the thing, D-Lo, I don't think fits with this Warriors team. I like D-Lo's game, unless he's a six man on this team. I don't think it could work here in Golden State. And let me explain. You know, Manu Ginobili, he sat on the bench. He gave a spur of scoring. He played his – the ball was in his hands. Think about it. A third-guard lineup with Klay Thompson and Steph Curry and D'Lo. D'Lo doesn't seem like a player who wants to move off the ball much. He needs to play slow-mo – at a slower tempo. And Steph Curry and Klay obviously like the running gun. I, I just don't like the fit defensively as well because D'Lo allows a lot of blow-bys. I don't see the defensive tenacity that I see from Klay uh, Thompson. Or even Steph, at least he tries defensively. And D Lo, not to say he doesn't try, but it's just not there. I just don't see how it's going to work with those three. So, knowing that, if I could get a player with some size and a rebounder like Ben Simmons, sure, the spacing on offense may be a big compromise with Draymond Green and Ben Simmons. But I envision Ben Simmons, you know, handling the rock and being Magic Johnson on this squad and letting Steph Curry and uh, Clay Thompson run off the screens for Draymond Green and another big. I would do that in a heartbeat, man. Ben Simmons is special.
4: I can tell just by his breathing that Marcus is going to disagree with you. In fact, he might even call you stupid and wrong. So, I mean, we'll find out. You know what I mean? But I don't have to because I know Marcus is going to. So, again, and I got it. It's just, it's killing me to do this, champ, but I've got to agree with you again. And it's the fit. Ben Simmons could mean you know I know that the NBA is positionless basketball now, but he could just as easily play small forward as he could play point guard or shooting guard. And the closeout lineup, if Andre in fact is coming back, of Ben Simmons, the Splash Brothers, Andre and Draymond, is the Death Lineup reincarnated. You know I I just love how that thing would ultimately match up. So I I would do that trade too. I like how young he is, Um, and I'm not sure if I said. It, but at only 23 years old you know the sky's the limit so yes i would say yes we'll cover whether or not the teams would do it in a second mt it's on you what do you think
5: well bonte you and i are back on track because i agree <laughs> um, <laughs> I, love it. But I will say I, I mean for all the reasons that you guys listed i, I agree um i think he would be a good fit The one thing that does give me pause and I almost said no for this reason is outside of the preseason game when he hit a three pointer for the first time ever and Joel Embiid forced him to smile. I've never seen Ben Simmons smile on the court. And he it doesn't (laughs) seem like he plays with joy when he's on there. He's playing like Australian rough and rugged like you know, like bruiser type of basketball. And, you know, you have to play with joy when you're playing with the Splash Brothers and and, and Steve Perth system. So could the Splash Brothers kind of instill that in him? Yes, and that's why I ultimately think it's a good move. But um, he would have to be okay with having more fun on the court. Right now he's all business, and, you know, he's he's a little edgy with it. And I don't think that that fits the persona of
4: what the Warriors play like. Is there any chance Philly does this? Because D'Angelo paired up with Embiid, with the kind of passer he is, might make sense. And it would also give them spacing. Because we've all talked about it. we all kind of hedged around it. Simmons can't shoot, at least currently. D'Angelo can, so it would help them. I, I think the Warriors say yes. Do you guys think Philly would?
3: Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I think Philly knows they could probably get more for Ben Simmons. Yeah, And so they probably wouldn't pull that trigger. They would probably ask for more because they know what Ben Simmons, you know, just to name Ben Simmons, an all-star, uh, an all-NBA type of player. I think they feel like they could get more than D'Angelo Russell and possibly con the Warriors. Knowing that the Warriors are kind of in no-man's land with D'Angelo Russell, knowing that he has a max deal, does he really have a spot on that roster, would he be willing to come off the bench and, and become Manu Ginobili 2.0? Sure. There's a lot of question marks there. So you got to think that Philly would probably – uh, play hardball there, hardball, and try to get more uh, assets for uh, Ben Simmons.
5: Yeah, I know we're, I know this is would you do this today, but I, I think Philly would wait and see yeah. how deep of a playoff run they have with this current squad. If they don't go to the Eastern Conference Finals, uh, maybe even the NBA Finals, I think that they would seriously consider it. Because I don't – I think B-Low – in screening roles with Embiid is a much more potent mixture than it is with Ben Simmons just because of his lack of shooting.
4: (laughs) Yeah, I agree. Um, And we're going to – my next player, and I'm kind of blowing the ending here, is going to be Embiid, and we're probably going to hit the same roadblock. But I think you're kind of on the money, man. So I, I looked him up. They are having a disappointing season by their own aspirations. Right now, Philly is 25 and 16. They're the sixth seed in the East. And, you know, they thought they were going to win the title, but they're still on pace to make the playoffs. And for as long as that's true and they'll actually have a chance to to punch a playoff ticket and see how far they go, if I'm their GM, I'm gonna hang tight, right? Like why why make a deal right. until I know how far these guys mow or go, rather, which all but completely screws over this next player. But let's talk about them anyways, because I'm kind of excited about the possibility of him being a warrior. Joel Embiid, 25 years old, only in the second year of a 5-year 147 million dollar uh, deal. Kind of a back to the basket center. We've all seen him play. He can also shoot the 3. He's got some health concerns. Um But when he's out on the floor, he's a difference maker. And here's the trade I've suggested, and it factors in his health concerns. So D'Angelo, he's kind of the go-to. We're going to include him. Pascal, because he's created um, the name for himself that he has. But here's where I veer. Second rounder this year, first rounder next year, under the idea that everyone's going to be back and that pick's not going to be quite as high. Would you guys do it?
2: I wouldn't do it not if I'm not if I'm Philly if I'm excuse me if I'm the Warriors yeah without question Joel Embiid is sensational I feel like when he's on he's maybe the best defensive player in the entire league um, I think he's a crazy, crazy talent. Um, I love watching him play. I love his energy. I think, you know, speaking of joyfulness, uh, he brings the opposite from what Ben Simmons brings. I love his energy on the court, and I think he would fit in great with um, the, the the type of smiles that you see coming from from Clay and Steph um, when they're hitting on all cylinders. But if I'm the Sixers, it's for that exact same reason that I'm saying I'm not interested. Not to mention, if you think the, the fit between Ben Simmons and Embiid is rough, I mean, what are they trying to do with D'Angelo Russell and Ben Simmons? It's it's kind of a complete clog. Uh, so uh, you know, I, I think I think they they want to the Sixers rather want to hang on to Embiid beat as long as they can.
4: Marcus MT, do you guys agree to just make the Warriors better? It's just a slam dunk, easy answer.
5: Yeah, yeah. From the Warriors' side, you do it even faster than right. you pull the tray for Carl Anthony Towns for those players. But there's no way Philly ever does that. Ever,
3: you're, I mean, you're not. Wa- not even- yeah, I don't see that either. I, I mean, uh, but uh, by the way, D'Angelo Russell and Ben Simmons play high school ball together, so that'd be intriguing. They were boys in high school, so uh, I wonder if Ben Simmons would welcome that, knowing that he knows be a long game from just going to prep school with him. But, yeah, I, I mean, the Warriors do it in a heartbeat. I couldn't see I, – I don't know why the Sixers would, though. I mean, it'd be a monster.
4: That's that's fantastic. So just by my count, we've spent I don't know about a week looking at trades and about an hour talking about them. And so far, we've come up with zero trades that the other team would uh, would be willing to accept. Basically, awesome. Oh, fantastic. Oh, that's I have great one, to one. I have one. So the two players, MT has suggested. DeAndre Ayton, 21-year-old center, only in his second year on a rookie deal. He's missed a bunch of games this year because it was a – I don't know. It wasn't steroids, but he got busted on the substance abuse policy. Something popped up in his uh, bloodstream that shouldn't have been there, so he had to miss, I think, 25 games. But he's all healthy. And then Kelly Oubre, Jr., 24-year-old, also small forward. This guy is more defensive-oriented, kind of a younger Robert Covington, but – Definitely an asset, and he's in a two-year deal. He's on the first year, and they owe him thirty million through the two years. What's the trade, MT?
5: The trade is D'Angelo Russell to the Phoenix Suns for DeAndre Ayton and Kelly Oubre Jr.
4: <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Why? Why Phoenix takes that? Because uh, Devin Booker. And, and D'Angelo are friends, yeah, why think I think that's one that could happen?
5: Yeah, I think Phoenix does it because they get to pair Booker with D'Lo. Um, I think that would help kind of unlock the remaining bit of juice that D Book has left in him. And, you know, he's already a great player, but I think playing with D'Lo, he would just be up for it even more. Um, I think that system fits well with D'Angelo Russell as well. Um, and then for the Warriors, you know, like I think you get a – a, a solid center that can play. Um, I know DeAndre hasn't been hitting the three consistently, but you can tell he's trying to add it in there. But having that low post presence, I think, would be helpful. And then Kelly Oubre, I think, just has a little bit of that dog and that edge in him that I like when it's time to go to the playoffs. I think he and Draymond would be um, two people that you just don't want to, you know, like dribble against essentially, just because they're aggressive and they're physical and they just have that, you know, 20% of don't give a So, um, you know, I think adding those two would be a nice compliment to the Splash Brothers and then assuming Andre comes back and everybody's fully healthy, I think they're nice compliments to the the roster.
4: MT, just to test my active listening skills, you didn't include the first-rounder? That's just D'Angelo straight up?
5: It's D'Angelo straight up. I mean, Phoenix is, you know, like eight games under 500 right now. It's not like their their current roster is killing it. So I think they're willing to shake it up a little bit. And, um, yeah, I would try to hold on to that first rounder and see if, if Phoenix goes for it. I think they might.
4: If they were interested in that, I, that's a deal I would do in a heartbeat. I mean, DeAndre Ayton reminds me of who we're hoping James Wiseman might be. You know, and and we've actually had an opportunity to watch him do that at the NBA level. Let alone Wiseman's completely absent and invisible uh, collegiate career. And if we can also throw in the kind of defensive stopping power that Ubray would represent, I'm down. But I'm I'm skeptical. I'm not sure Phoenix would be down for that. Uh, but Bonte, add some optimism, or maybe I can fan the f- the flames and make you guys disagree again. We'll find out
3: maybe uh, James Jones could be had, right? Inexperienced GM, maybe he just says, you know what? Aiden and Ubre Jr., just not going to work. Let me get these pals together and uh, Devin Booker and D'Angelo Russell, the LifeScan brothers. Uh, you have the poor man Splash Brothers, I guess. Uh, Phoenix, why not? But if I'm the Warriors, I definitely do the trade because you just think about your starting five. You know, you get the Splash Brothers of Clay and Seth. You get Draymond, you get Aiden, who could just you know sit back, be a rim protector? He can hit the mid-range jumper. He's big. He'll, he'll grab some alley oops. And then Kelly Oubre Jr. is a guy who could hit the three. I love him at the three, uh, especially on a championship con- contender. As Mt said, he, he's got some dog in him. He's got some feciness to him. So if I'm the Warriors, I do the trade. If I'm Phoenix, I think they're dumb enough to do the trade. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe you throw him Smiley Beach or Pascal and try to sweep the pot a little bit to make him to to Duke James Jones and the Phoenix Suns. So I think the, organization, the the Suns organization is a bad one. Uh, you, ne- you never know what they might do. So uh, offer it up for D-Low. And then, <laughs> they may press they may press, the accept, press the accept button, fellas. I, I, who knows? But uh, I would do that in a heartbeat if I'm going to go to State Warriors.
2: Well, and you know it. that Sarver is watching the potential to have the reunion of Cat, Devin Booker, and D'Angelo be on his team. Um, and that just makes it all more likely. You just oh, clear yeah, the sure. center out of the way. You yeah. know, I mean, you That'd know, even point. if that's not great us point. to offer, uh, it's still there no
4: that's exactly maybe, yeah, that's, maybe that's how point. you make the call like we know that we can't make this happen because we would have to give up D'Angelo full Carl Anthony Towns but you guys might be able to you now have two of the three you know go for it from there um, I like the suggestion I want to transition into our final segment before we do I have a really fast off the court report that I forgot to drop uh, at the beginning of the show and this was kind of an unusual one um, this isn't from me as a capacity as a media member this is from me as a fan I went to the Milwaukee game last week, uh, or more specifically, the Ante Tecumpo's first visit to Chase. And the off the court report I have is you know, so they always have. Uh, The halftime celebration or whatever it is and chase center just so happened to be celebrating Greek heritage night on the night (laughs) of uh, Giannis first trip to chase. I'm sure it was you know a complete coincidence But the full story most of the time when they do the ridiculous halftime show, you know the the Performer doesn't come out until I don't know, you know five six minutes until after all the players have gone out the tricyclist uh, You know juggler or whatever doesn't ever run into the players and in this instance, they were announcing Greek Heritage Night before Yanis was off the floor. And I'm pretty sure that some of those dancers were already coming out like circling you know, Milwaukee and, and casually mentioning, oh, they love Greek culture here in the Bay. Weird. Could have been complete coincidence. Or maybe it's the best example of light years recruiting that anyone's ever seen. I don't know. What do you guys think?
3: You know what? I think every NBA team is probably right now trying to throw a Greek Heritage Night when the Milwaukee Bucks come to town. But it's it's pretty funny that the last two years, the uh, the Warriors have done that, right? Greek Heritage Night for Giannis. And then you see him talking to Steph Curry afterwards. Apparently, it was about video games. But being in that Bucks locker, and there was a fresh, crispy Steph Curry jersey in Giannis's locker autographed. Yes. And uh well, you know, obviously, I, I asked him about it. Everybody was hitting me up like, "Man, you took one for the team?" Other media members called it next-level tampering. They're blaming me for tampering. <laughs> They're not calling me tampering Tay for what I did to Giannis and Cooper, or what I asked him. <laughs> Giannis, it was Greek Heritage Night here at Chase Center, and I don't know if you read the internet or the newspapers around here, but a lot of people out here obviously want you, a lot of all your fans with Giannis jerseys. So what did you think about the reception, and what do you
1: think about all the a, noise here? It was awesome. It was awesome. I had uh, the chance a little bit in the in the half. I saw them dancing and uh, playing Greek music, and it was nice. It was nice. It was, uh, it was nice to have uh, Greek fans out there, you know, supporting the Bucks, supporting me and my brother. Uh, as I said so it's nice to have around
3: what do you think about some Warrior fans basically having
1: your jersey your name on Warrior uniforms what
3: do you think about all that, noise? I, didn't that. that? No, I didn't see that they had a couple out there what do you think about <laughs> that I don't know <laughs> <laughs> and basically hey did you like Heritage, the Greek Heritage night He said oh, it was really cool seeing the dancers it was awesome and then hey did you see a couple of youngers uh, or a couple Giannis jerseys, or Giannis's name on a couple Warriors jerseys. He said he didn't see it. I said, What did you think about that? He just kind of laughed and said, No, we're not doing that. <laughs> and he kind of had a sly <laughs> smile. So I felt like I got rejected. Uh, but the question had to be asked with all the buzz lead- leading up to that game and all the rumors from Warrior fans. Now, look, do I think Giannis is going to ever be a Golden State Warrior? No, but my partner, Daryl DeGuru Johnson, does. He said he watches every game envisioning Giannis in the Warriors uniform. Yes. I don't know what the hell he's smoking. I, d- I don't need what he's smoking. Uh, uh, but that would be a, a, a great dream, a uh, d- great dream come true if Giannis was to come and go to state. But uh, the question had to be asked, Bram. I asked the tough questions. Dude, That's why I get paid I, no money.
4: I the not believe not only loved you for asking that question, but I rewatched the replay of it at least three or four times. And if I'm being honest to nobody in particular, I think I was like slightly crying the last time you did it because I love you so much for it, man. So just keep it up. (laughs) However you need to get this and the fact that you slipped that signed jersey into his locker, I also want to personally thank you for man. It's just it's just a you know above and beyond, man. Good for you.
3: That that's what we do out here, man. We're light years ahead, baby. We're light years ahead of everybody out here, even media members trying to get Giannis. You know, because our lives will all be better. Your podcast will be better. <laughs> My show would be better. The day would be a better place for got into Tedakunpo walking around here.
4: Factually accurate, which leads to our last segment. This one's called Meet the Press. Bonte, we just tried it out last week for the first time. The idea is, and I'm sure this is not a surprise, audience likes you, man. It's not just the games audience. This podcast audience likes you a lot, too. And we kind of feel like we know you, even though it's just been through sports conversations. So the Meet the Press question tries to give us a sense of who you are off the floor. And even more than that, it recognizes that all of us, every single person on Earth, has had these moments that, when we look back On them, we cringe, you know, like damn it. I wish I could just take that one back. And what I'd love to ask you is if you've ever had something like that, either personally, professionally, anything in your life, and so that I'm not putting you out on a limb, I will go first. Yeah, I'll make myself sound ridiculous, and then uh, we'll see if anything crops up to you. So, this one comes all the way back when I was a senior. Uh, in college, and I started getting really nostalgic. I was kind of depressed that, you know, the whole experience was ending, and my grandfather had lent me his super old camcorder. So I had a weird combination of nostalgia and an ability to record it, so out of nowhere, I decided I'm going to do a goddamn documentary with my friends. But the problem is, I am not very creative. I don't have a whole lot of thoughts behind it, and I realized the only thing that my friends and I all have in common is we all love to play basketball, and at that time, we all love to smoke weed. So I decided to do a documentary (laughs) on the intersection between weed smoking and basketball, even just saying it out loud right now like I'm embarrassed. Like it doesn't make any sense. There's no real connection, but – I go about doing this thing, and at the same time, I get an internship at a fairly large company whose name I'll keep out to uh, protect the innocent. And because I'm not smart enough to keep business and pleasure separated, I'm in there working on my documentary, and I have all these questions that I'm going to ask, you know, like, how long have you been smoking? Does it ever affect you? Be just all these ridiculous, asinine, BS questions. I print them out, immediately get sucked into some other project, and 45 minutes later, my boss, the guy who gave me the job, the person I'm doing the internship with, comes over with the sheet of weed questions, hands them off to me, and says, please do not use company time to ask other people questions about illicit substances, and I've never been more, like, I started sweating terribly. I wanted to leave immediately, so... My life is, they're, they're dotted with these, man. Like every three or four years, I have like a Mr. Bean experience. Anything that comes up to you, anything like that, where, where you look back and you wish you could just, just have that moment back in your pocket?
3: Oh, my Lord. Oh, man, there's so many cringeworthy <laughs> moments in my life. Whether It involves girls, work. Uh, here's one. I had a, uh, here's one I don't really share. I had an 89 Firebird. Um and I'm coming from school, and I had this Kentucky fried chicken. And I'm just like, you know, I'm crushing it. I'm like, I got to have it now. <laughs> and, you know, I'm crossing the street. And for some reason, as I'm driving across the intersection, I decide to take a bite out of this piece of chicken. Now it's a small intersection. And then so you know, I'm running straight into a pole. <laughs> Boom. Flat tire. Get towed back to the house. Got to spend about $2,000 to fix it. That's one I don't really share, but it was just like, Dante, pay attention, man. The chicken can wait. (laughs) Is Kentucky Fried Chicken really that good? Is the mac and cheese really that good? Like, can you just wait until you get to the crib to bite into the piece of chicken? So that's one of many cringe moments. uh, Every time it came off the top of my head, it was just (laughs) like, dude, that's why I don't text and drive. I don't advocate for that stuff because any little slip up, man, I mean, it could have been harmful, but it it was funny because it was a little pole, a little light pole. So uh, I didn't do, I mean, it did $2,000 worth of damage. and Basically, ruined the car, but uh, it, you mean, know, it got me from point a, point, a, point a to point B. But the moral of the story is Kentucky Fried Chicken can wait. That <laughs> that's exactly... To, to take your eyes off the road, man. Uh,
4: maybe for the biscuit. Like, if you did it when you were eating the bit, I could see why you'd have to have the biscuit immediately. But the chicken itself, right. absolutely. You know, and it stays pretty warm yeah, in the bag. It was,
3: it was a little much. I mean, it was a little <laughs> much. I don't I want to share girl stories, you know, because I find myself to be a... Uh, uh, macaroni here at East Street. No, I'm kidding. Oh, I'm kidding. This guy. There's, there's, there's been a lot of cringe. I'm sure Marcus has them. I'm sure Maxine has them. I mean, we all have had cringe moments, man. It's, oh, it seems I, like it happens at least once a month.
4: I really invite you to listen to the last five minutes of our podcast last week where Maxine shared a remarkably cringeworthy story. In fact, that one might be worth your time. Marcus wasn't on the show last week, so our audience actually hasn't heard anything from him, and I know he's on the episode. MT, do you have anything for us?
5: Um, I probably have ones that are more cringe worthy. I'll just have to think about them and make sure I'd be willing to share them with the world. <laughs> um, I do have one that was that was that was definitely embarrassing. That I will share this one. So, um, graduation day from high school. Graduated from Skyline High School. Go Titans! Yep. Um, we graduated on our football field, and everybody's in the stands, you know, and the bleachers, and you know we throw our caps in the air and everybody's walking over to go meet all their family and friends in the bleachers. And if you're familiar with the old skyline, um, bleacher system, there was like a little short fence that blocked off the track in the football field from the bleachers.
4: I'm sure there's at least one audience member who's familiar with that, but yeah, go ahead.
5: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, probably you, too. Yeah, that's um, me. Yeah, like I three am the other <laughs> Um So the fence is like three feet tall and it just is a, like a little partition <laughs> between the two. So I'm going over there, you, you know, trying to find my family and friends just pumped and living life because of the moment. And I see the girl who graduated the year before that I have a crush on. She's super hot. I'll leave her name out just to not embarrass her. Um, but Super hot. She was a Warriors cheerleader. So it all comes full circle for this podcast. Um, and I was like, you know what? I'm doing it. I'm going to go tell her how I feel. I'm going to tell her I have a crush on her. I'm going to do it. This is my moment. So Shoot I'm getting ready to hop a little. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That shoots a shot. So I'm like, I'm doing it. So I get ready to hop the fence, which I've done a million times because you have to run the track for basketball and soccer and all the practices that I was at. So I hopped the fence, but I've never hopped it with a graduation robe on before. (laughs) So I hop it and the robe is long
4: enough. it was the robe. On the
5: top of the (laughs) (laughs) the the fence that has the little spiky parts hanging out and it just makes me do a flip. And I don't know how to do a flip. I'm not gymnastics, (laughs) you know, coordinated like that. So I do a full flip, somehow land on my feet, but it's not graceful at all. And everybody's watching, including the girl I had a crush on and skylines colors are red and white i'm sure i turned the same color as my robe which was red at that moment and i never said anything to her because she was just laughing at me and now i'm not with her she's
4: not yeah, I mean, you should have gone up and introduced yourself as spider-man what do you mean you landed on your feet that doesn't feel that big, know, yeah. as much as awesome
5: well yeah i mean i didn't it wasn't graceful it couldn't have been that awesome but the embarrassing part was it was right in front of her. I was going to have my shot. It was going to go well. I was going to be dating the Warriors cheerleader, and then it just it
0: all went down.
4: <laughs> there you go. Well, every week I feel like I might be embarrassing myself more than most of the people who are telling stories. So I'm going to have to like <laughs> recalibrate really how deep I'm going into my embarrassing closet. But, you know, that is what it is. Huge fun, you guys. True every week, certainly true this week. Um, I'm going to cut. Most of the clothes, and just turn it to you, Bonte. Uh, I give you a lot of crap throughout the show. That's only because you know I love having you on it, man. And I'm positive I am not alone. For those out there who need more Bonte Hill in their life, where should they look?
3: I mean, again, at your own risk, people. Twitter at Bonte Hill, B O N T A H I L L, of course, 957 a I'm all over the place. I'm tweeting too much. I'm spending all my whole life tweeting and talking sports, Bay Area sports. So, oh, also, don't forget, you can hear my raspy voice on the airways, 10 to 2, Monday through Friday, the course, Niners post game show. And if you're at uh, Chase Center, almost at Oracle Arena, but if you're at Chase Center, come by section 126, Come give your boy a holler, talk some Warriors hoops, man. we got plenty of our, plenty of uh, time on our hands during Warriors games this season. So, love to see the fans out there. It's always good to, to mingle with everybody and uh, talk some dubs. We appreciate
4: you, man. Get out of here. Go enjoy the week. Go Warriors. And hopefully, we'll see you guys next week.
0: And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona.
4: Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks